welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship, and I'm here today with two of my friends. I'm Stacy Green. And I'm Megan Hinkle. And today we're going to talk about how the church can love and serve those who experience chronic pain or chronic illness. But before we get into those kind of deeper topics, we always start with an icebreaker. And since it's October and we're getting ready for Chunk or Treat here at Waypoint, I want to know what was one of your favorite Halloween costumes as a kid? Uh, my sister and I were dancers growing up, so we would accumulate a lot of dance costumes. <laughs> and so I think we did this for a couple of years. We made our recycled like dance costumes, so we would take bits and pieces from all of our different costumes, um, and we just turned it into like, whatever it became, um, which was fun to just and also to revisit all of our old um, costumes that we had used before. Fun. Um, I. Always, I had a black cat costume that was a full body costume that I must have loved because I wore it three Halloweens in a row. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, I have one memorable Halloween costume I had is I was a child, you know, in the 80s when they had those terrible plastic costumes that was like a plastic gown and then you had the plastic mask that you don't see that much now except like in horror movies but (laughs) I was plastic smurfette (laughs) one year because I was into the smurfs um but now on to our topic I don't know how to segue from smurfette to chronic (laughs) illness so I'll just ask each of you um if you could kind of share briefly what has been your experience with chronic illness Um, I can start. So I guess my story kind of started when I was 14 is when I received a diagnosis of an autoimmune disease, um, which is arthritis. And so that was when I was first diagnosed in those first couple of years, um, I was quite sick and in the hospital frequently and, you know, using a wheelchair and those sorts of not fun things. Um, so that was kind of where I started. And then as time has gone on, I my condition has stabilized um, some. So now you look at me and you don't know um, that I'm sick. Um, and so <laughs> um, so I guess so I've just seen kind of a progression. And so um, I still live with the effects of chronic illness and chronic pain every day. Um, and so that has just been a big part of my story um, and has shaped, I guess, how my relationship with the Lord and just a lot of uh, my everyday life. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of chronic illness. Like, it's invisible. And a lot of people don't look sick, but you don't know what's going on in their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What about you, Stacey? Um, <clears throat> well, I first started dealing with this illness about 16 years ago. Um, At the time, I didn't know what it was. I went to lots of doctors, had different kinds of weird symptoms, Um, was first diagnosed with hypothyroid, which I thought could be fixed easily with a pill, but (laughs) I didn't get any better. I had a couple miscarriages, um, debilitating fatigue, uh, body pains, and then about eight years into that, I was finally diagnosed with um, Lyme's disease, so I had a name for it. Um, But that didn't mean that there was necessarily a cure. Um, And it affects me in a lot of different ways, Um, digestive 
neurological symptoms, muscle symptoms. Um, and it's something that I have put into remission mm-hmm. through lots of different treatments and um, lifestyle management, um, stress management. But it's something that I always have to pay attention to and I always have to manage. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, so a lot of people don't know, I also have a autoimmune disease, lupus, um, but thankfully it's been in remission for about six years now, about the time we came to Waypoint, actually, uh, went into remission. Um, but uh, so mine started about 2010. We were living in Boston and we had um, a lot of our kids were like one, three and five um, and I just had a, I mean, a lot of it really extreme fatigue, but again, I had young children. We had just moved back from overseas. Um, but then I started having like other pains, uh, random fevers. And one day I looked down and one of my ankles was just completely swollen, you know, inflamed. And I thought, well, maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of klutzy. Maybe I <laughs> twisted it and didn't know. So I just kind of ignored it. Um, and then I uh, got a little better and then one day I woke up and just uh I couldn't put any weight on my other leg because my knee was completely inflamed I was like okay Mm -hmm. something is really going on here and started the process I think that both of you probably familiar with of getting tested uh knowing something's off but not being able to to figure it out and finally got a diagnosis um went through a few years of if I was on steroids, things would get better. My symptoms would go away. But as soon as I weaned off steroids, they would come back. So kind of, you know, uh, it's a disease like all the diseases we're talking about that tend to flare and remit. But at that point, was mostly just flared. Um, and then we moved to Raleigh. And about a year later, I had a really big um, flare ended up in the the hospital. It was like Thanksgiving week, and uh, they're able to stabilize me, ran a bunch of tests, and realized that it was affecting my kidneys, which um, started, I started to get treatment for that. And over time, the, the treatment actually worked, and I'm so thankful for that. And so I was able to, to push me into remission. So now, mostly, I'm just... I'm monitored, but I'm basically feel good most of the time. I have a few other, we were talking earlier, there are other chronic um, conditions too, in addition to uh, illness that might be invisible that people don't see. Um, definitely uh, struggle often on with anxiety, insomnia, things like that, that are also not always evident, but also a part of, of, of my life too. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're thinking about this together, dealing with different chronic issues, um, what have been some things, let's start on with the, the, on a good note, what are some things that people, well, actually let's start low so we can end <laughs> high. What are some things that maybe people have said or done probably with good intentions that haven't been helpful specifically in the church to you? Hmm. Um, I think for me, um, this may sound like a, a weird or like a semantics thing, but I think when people only ask me about my health, um, I, I spend a lot of time having to think about my health, having to manage my health. Um, there's like stages of grief you go through when you have a chronic illness. I may be in a stage of anger that day. I may be in like a depression 
depressed stage that day. I don't always want to talk about my illness. Um, but I think sometimes I know that people mean well when they ask that, but I'm a much more interesting person than my chronic illness and I have a lot more to talk about than just my health. Yeah. And I think it's interesting this, I know this is going to seem very unhelpful to people (laughs) listening at first. The opposite is also true if people (laughs) never ask, Mm. that can also be hurtful too. So I'm sure like, okay, well, what do I do then? (laughs) But I think the best thing maybe is if someone can say, maybe they ask, how are you doing? And say, is this something that you would feel like talking about right now? Mm Kind of give you the in or out because maybe someday, and also depending on the person's personality, it might be, yes, I just want to unload (laughs) that this has been a really hard week. This is how I feel. But the answer might be, no, I'd rather just not talk about it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you could talk about something else interesting (laughs) about you. Right. (laughs) Let's talk about, yes, life and art and whatever else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On that note, I would... I I agree with both of the things that you have said. Um, I think for me, something that is helpful is, or in general, is it is nice to have people ask or just or try Mm -hmm. to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Not always just like wanting to learn because there are a lot of misconceptions about my illness, Um, and so it can be just really helpful for people to like try to get to know what life might look like. And that's also based on my experience, which was that I felt like people didn't want to ask me about it, or it just made them very, very uncomfortable when they Mm. tried to interact with me, which made me feel like I couldn't talk about it because Mm. I felt like I was just like bringing the mood down and, you know, depressing everyone, which, so I, I, and for a while it was really hard for me to talk about because that was what I learned was that you shouldn't talk about it. Um, but also to what you were saying, um, Stacy about like being more interesting um, than just your illness. I would like to say that uh, even if you have a very big illness that takes up a lot of your time, your life is not over when you have an illness or a disability mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, sometimes I think that that's how people might kind of treat it. That's it, and that's because they're saying, "Oh, this is really hard," and you know they don't know. I guess what that looks like. But God has He gives can give peace and joy to all of us, mm-hmm. and so. Just because I might do some things differently or approach some things differently because of my illness, um, that doesn't mean that I'm not still enjoying or have the ability to enjoy my life, even if it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, um, it's, it's something to keep in balance. Like we have a future hope. And that's really important. And it's sometimes we need to remind each other of that. But also we need to remind each other we have a very present hope that even, like you were saying, Megan, even in illness, there's still so much joy to be had. Psalm, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 27, 13, that we can experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We don't have to mm-hmm. just wait till one day this will be okay. But like <laughs> that, that even if we don't experience healing now, there's still joy and beauty and fun and things to be had now too. Yeah. I think uh, often it's those like maybe platitudes that people give wanting to be helpful that sometimes aren't helpful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think people who don't have chronic illness don't understand how much effort we put into kind of hiding in a way how mm-hmm. sick or how bad we really feel because we don't want to be a burden. We don't want to make you feel bad. Um, mm-hmm. So we might be smiling or we might look like we put a lot of effort into the way we look. Um, but, you know, if you're 
I think one thing that chronic illness has really taught me is how to is compassion and empathy for other people. I notice when people are are in pain or when people are not feeling good, even if they look on the outside, like, you know, just, I think being aware, um, that just because somebody's smiling, doesn't mean that they're not hurting on the inside. Yeah. And now what are some things that others have said or done that have been helpful and encouraging? I think for me, um, there was a couple years ago, shortly after I found out that I had Lyme disease and I was having to go through a very difficult treatment um, to kind of get it under control, um, that the church put together a meal train for me mm-hmm. um, because I was having a lot of fatigue and pain during that time. And that just was like, um, at first I felt bad because I was like, well, I'm not having a baby or, you know, or what, yeah. but it was very, very helpful. And I felt very loved when they did that. Yes, I've also benefited from a meal train. It's wonderful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. great way to love people. I think just being present. I think one thing, um, you know, we're reminded always that in our suffering that Jesus suffered so we're not alone. But I think sometimes we we feel that through we can, Jesus' presence, God's presence feels more tangible through his spirit, but I think oftentimes his presence is through his body, the church, like just people, yeah, bringing a meal, just being there. Like if you can't get out watching a movie with you at your house or whatever it is, just being present, I think it's really been good. Yeah, I think anything you can do just to, I mean, to reach out and to be present, as Erica said, because it can be incredibly isolating to be sick. Yes, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I know for me, sometimes I hesitate to plan things or be the mm-hmm. impetus because sometimes I worry, well, this chronic illness can be unpredictable. So mm-hmm. I worry that, oh, if I've organized such and such activity and if something happens at the last minute and I can't make it, now that mm-hmm. you know messes everything up for other people. Um, so is someone who can who can try to understand that and reach out and just try to do life, I suppose, with them. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be very simple. It's getting a movie or just eating dinner together and um, not feeling the pressure of if I don't make this, you know, that's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Having chronic illness can be so isolating. And I think if you don't see me somewhere, it's not because I didn't want to come or I'm trying to be a, her- a hermit, it's usually because something is flared or I don't feel very well. And if you don't see me, track me down and just see how I'm doing. That really makes me feel loved um, to know that I wasn't, somebody noticed I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. That's great. We've kind of covered this a little bit. Is there more you can say about how you think the church can grow in understanding, serving, and loving those who experience chronic illness? You mentioned meal trains, presents. Well, I think the other um, Sunday when they did the laying on the hands, um, I think when you have a chronic illness, I mean, I've had this for 16 years, and I've gone through all the stages of grief, and I keep going through them (laughs) over and over, um, and you really, really want to be healed. But sometimes that doesn't happen, or sometimes it happens in stages, or sometimes you feel good for a little while, but then you have another flare. And I think... That laying on of hands, like, it was a tangible form of God's love to me. Mm -hmm. And then also, when people tell me they're praying for me, 
it's it's wonderful because then I know I'm not forgotten, and I know that um, sometimes I can't pray for myself. Sometimes I'm angry mm-hmm. about this, and it's really helpful to have the church just to remind me of God's promises and um, kind of point me back towards Him by reminding me that they're praying for me. When you said that, it reminded me of the story of the friends who lowered their other friend <laughs> down on the mat to Jesus, and I think... Sometimes, yeah, you get in a place, whether it's physical pain, mental illness, loss, that you just, it's hard to pray on your own and we can bring each other on the mat before Jesus. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. That's encouraging. Yeah, I think prayer is also helpful. I do find it personally hard sometimes to pray, you know, because it's been so long and it's that can be kind of confusing to keep mm-hmm. feeling like you're praying for the same thing. And with that, so I guess as someone who might be like in a small group with you who might be hearing your prayer requests on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, I guess maybe just to give some insight, maybe don't be surprised or when if a prayer request is repetitive or maybe to know that even if I'm not actually repeating it every week, it's still probably a prayer request. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just realizing that the out people want to follow up on their prayer requests, which is really great. And that's a great way for us to see God moving in our lives. Um, But sometimes it's hard because I feel like someone might ask me, oh, is this doing better? And I might have to say a lot of times, no, it's actually (laughs) not. (laughs) Um, And so that's just, I saw maybe this is just not really, this isn't maybe a suggestion on something to do, but just kind of being aware that that might be the case and not, and then not having the response kind of of like, Oh, you know, like a downhearted, <laughs> I don't know what to say right. now. The, just that you want to continue loving that person and still, f- and then, yeah, figure out how you can continue to be there for them if the healing doesn't come in the time frame that you were hoping. Right. That makes me, yeah. We don't use the word long suffering much anymore, but the <laughs> idea of like being long suffering with someone, being patient, like with them, like, in, in prayer, like, I think so often we want, we grow impatient and like, yeah, we want like our checklist of, yeah, prayer requests and <laughs> prayers answered, check, 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 you know, instead of like, yeah, some, in a fallen world, um, for lots of reasons we, we might not ever know that sometimes, yeah, the timetable is different, but we can... I think about like that's a way we can bear one another's burdens is maybe even like pray, carry the prayer request for a little while. You know, what I'm saying like you know you're like oh I'm tired of praying for the same thing. Okay, I'll pray for you for that. You know, and I'm sure all of us would be like, if we were cured, we would be jumping, like <laughs> shouting and doing right, cartwheels right. in the sanctuary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you would know. <laughs> it would not be a- <laughs> right, right. I'm trying to get in the habit too of like when I pray for people, when it's appropriate, just praying right then and there too. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I feel like whenever anyone has stopped into that for me, it's been encouraging to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what practices, verses, or truths have helped you? Oh, one more thing before I go to that about the church too, I think is one way that the church can serve those with chronic pain is, is to have um, kind of a right understanding of pain i think we were before we started recording we had mentioned sometimes people might think that someone isn't healed because they don't have enough faith 
or mm-hmm. maybe there's some unconfessed sin they need to mm-hmm. come. And so often the person that's hurting feels an extra burden on top of the pain they're already feeling, you know. Um, yes, if you could stop worrying and being stressed, then maybe you <laughs> wouldn't be sick. Well, okay, but pray that I'll <laughs> stop worrying then, you know, whatever it is. So I think sometimes people, um, yeah, instead of uh, having a, a being silent maybe in those <laughs> times or, yeah, just trusting the sovereignty of God, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just something that, I mean, we all can learn both as the person suffering and maybe the person walking alongside them mm-hmm. is right that God is sovereign and that he has, like, he knows what's going on and he has the plan. And it's not always like, it's not something that falls onto us to fix. I think, mm-hmm. especially in America, we're not used to thinking about <laughs> that um, suffering might last for a long time when in lots of places in the world today and, and going in the past, that was the normal. Right. Um, so I, yeah, so I think there's something for all of us to kind of just to learn there and to um, just learn more about how God works. Right. Yeah. And we're not suffering because we didn't try hard enough or we didn't work hard enough or, you know, like, or we didn't do the right things. Like um, God didn't make us sick, you know, like there's all these, you know, but I think God can use our sickness for good, even though it may not feel good at the time. He can, I mean, I know he's taught me so many things. Um, I'm a different person than I used to be, uh, not just because of my sickness, but um, just the things that I've learned from it is just, you know, endless. Right. Yeah. I also, I'll bring up maybe kind of a personal pet peeve that falls in with that, that people (laughs) sometimes say, um, because there are good things that happen and some Mm. of them happen because of our illness. Like I have met people that I would not have met without Mm. my illness and have some really beautiful friendships and there's other experiences that I might not have had otherwise. And sometimes people, I think that they want to see things redeemed, which is good, but they'll say, oh, well, it was all worth it, which oh. <laughs> is not helpful, especially if you're talking to someone, again, we've been mm-hmm. dealing with these illnesses for a long time, and if you didn't see us through all of that, there's no way that you can know everything that we have been through, so it's just, and it's not a helpful thing to say, redeeming things, only, like, that falls with the Lord and Him alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm actually, right now, um, taking a, a class um, from Gordon Cromwell counseling class called Ministering to Women in Pain. And it's not just physical pain. It's also trauma, abuse, different types. But um, uh, we're talking about different platitudes that people might say and then biblical truth. But one truth that really stuck out to me was that suffering itself is not good and it's good to ease the suffering of mm-hmm. people who are in pain. And it's good to seek the ease. But good can come from it, and God can bring redemption. But I think sometimes, yes, people wanting so badly to for you to have a good story from this or whatever, <laughs> you know, they'll act as if the suffering itself is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some practices, verses, or truths that are – that help you or give you hope as you're on the good days and the bad days, help you walk through this journey? Um, I know for me, um, I listen to some podcasts of other women of faith who are also going through different um, chronic illnesses like 
Sarah Walton, um, she has Lyme's disease. Um, J.K. Ramsey has uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Spondyl- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then another um, lady called Jennifer Slattery, and she has fibromyalgia. Um, and they talk about their experiences and then also about their faith. And that just really encourages me, helps me not to feel alone. Um, and also therapy. <laughs> therapy yeah. is wonderful. Um, yeah. Because, as I said, um, having chronic illness changes every aspect of your life, your relationships, your abilities to be a wife or a mother or any of the roles that you play. And um, there is a grief process that you have to go through. And I think therapy has really helped me a lot with that. Something uh, that I turn to a lot is just um, worship music and Christian radio Mm -hmm. um, because that's something I can pretty much always participate in, even if Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, lying in bed and to hear those truths. And I've seen God just really work through that. There have been, like, this one specific instance I just remember. I I was lying in bed. I really could not do anything just lying there, you know, um, with my eyes closed. But then this song that I had heard, you know, worship song just started, kept playing through my head. Um, And so that was, I mean, it was just, it was a moment of really intense pain. And that was just kind of helping me get through. And I know that that Mm -hmm. was God kind of just, like, laying his hand on me in that moment um, and just um, helping me through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, singing. Um, I joined the choir because I was having trouble praying. And I think as the process went on, as I was starting to sing more and seeing things that were truths um, and seeing God's word, um, like things just shifted. I don't know Mm. how, (laughs) but singing and worship is definitely like amazing, helpful tool to yeah. use when you're dealing with chronic illness. Music is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, often at different seasons in my life, there have been a particular song, like on repeat, that's like <laughs> true, that, um, that I've needed to hear. Um, books, uh, like you were saying, similar to podcasts of people who have experienced similar things and um, are clinging to God's truth are encouraging. Another thing is that um, when I, I mean, thankfully now I'm in a healthy season. I'm so thankful for that. But when I wasn't um, being around people when I could be around people was helpful. So I think Mm -hmm. there were actually some periods of time where I was too sick to go out. But then when I got a little better, it was easy to like, get comfortable in that place. But whenever I would go and be around other people in the body of Christ, it was always encouraging. So I think remembering that I need that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share maybe that we haven't covered? It's your opportunity is to kind of share to help give understanding Um, Well, I think some things that are helpful for me to remember, um, because I think I spend a lot of time in that stage where you're just trying to find a cure. Like, usually right after your first diagnosis, you're just like, how can I get better? (laughs) You know, like, that's the only thing that I'm, like, going to be focused on. And I spend a lot of years chasing cures and remedies and spending a lot of money on things, Um, not really just 
coming to a point where I've accepted, you know, this is something mm-hmm. I'm going to have to deal with, you know, probably mm-hmm. forever unless God heals me. Um, I know God wants to heal me, um, but I know that sometimes he might not heal you while you're here on this earth. And so things that help me to like uh, focus on God is just thinking about his promises. Like he knows the hairs on our head. Mm-hmm. He made us. He um, knows the plans he has for us, the purpose he has for us. And it didn't stop just because we got sick. You know, like mm-hmm. we still have a plan. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose. And um, he's still with us. And he definitely, um, you know, in the Bible, Jesus was going around from town to town, and he healed some people, and he had compassion for people who were sick. But sometimes he went away from the people that were trying to come to him for healing because his main purpose for being here was not to heal everyone or to make everybody happy. His main purpose was to show people who he was and to you know, lead them to God. I mean, to bring the gospel, basically. So my healing, whether I get it now or in heaven or whatever, um, isn't as important as that. And that remembering about heaven and remembering that, um, like, that's my true home helps me to have, like, a sense of urgency to, like, share the gospel and also just, you know— deal with those hard days when I'm just like, you know, in bed or in lots of pain. We have a suffering Savior, too, who willingly suffered, too, so he understands all our suffering. Do you guys have any specific prayer requests Um, I think my prayer request for the church kind of, or maybe another suggestion for the church, um, was, is just to be kind of like more aware of the people around you, um, or asked, maybe even asking God to open your eyes to see their pain or to see when they're hurting or to ask if there's anybody that maybe you need to go visit that you haven't seen in a while or that maybe you need to sit with and just kind of encourage them. Um, and even the things that people have done for me, like modifying, I have a, a special diet I have to follow. And when the church has something for me to eat, that makes me feel loved, you know, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to worry about, you know, just being hungry at this event. <laughs> you know, like right. it's a little thing, but it really makes a big difference. Right. Yeah, I think um, maybe to kind of go along with that, also the prayer for, because this is something I struggle with at times, but the prayer for the people that are um, going through um, an invisible illness or condition, that they would find the community that can support them and be willing to share with them. Um, Sometimes it can be just easy to put on the mask or try to, like, hide away and so that's also denying the body um, the opportunity sometimes to um, do life with us and to serve us as we're going through something hard. So, Yeah. So if you're listening to this and um, maybe you're at the beginning of a journey, you've just received a diagnosis or maybe you've been 
um, struggling for years and you want someone to, to reach out to, to talk to, I know you can reach out to Stacy or Megan or myself. Um, if you're a caregiver or just someone who's curious about um, how to be an encouragement to those with a chronic illness, please reach out then too. And uh, we're just so, I'm so thankful that Waypoint is such a, a loving church that wants to um, have open arms and understanding for all the, the, all the hurts and all the different uh, things that we bring in, uh, good and bad, as we are a body that, that lives this life together. So thank you, Waypoint. And thank you, Stacy, And thank you, Megan. Bye-bye.